This is John W. Whitehead, author of Battlefield America, The War on the American People, bringing you a message about the state of our nation. There's a darkness falling upon the country. Things are falling apart. How much longer can we sustain the fiction that we live in a constitutional republic? I cannot say, but anarchy is being loosed upon the nation. We are witnessing the unraveling of the American dream, one injustice at a time. Day after day, the government's crimes against the citizenry grow more egregious, more treacherous, and more tragic. And day after day, the American people wake up a little more to the grim realization that they have become captives in a prison of their own making. No longer a free people, we are now pushed and prodded and watched over by twitchy, hypersensitive, easily spooked armed guards who care little for the rights, humanity, or well-being of those in their care. The death toll is mounting. The carnage is heartbreaking. The public's face in the government to do its job, which is to protect our freedoms, is deteriorating. The warning signs are everywhere. Things fall apart, wrote W.B. Yeats in his dark, forbidding poem, The Second Coming. The center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loose upon the world. The upcoming election and its aftermath will undoubtedly keep the citizenry divided and at each other's throats, so busy fighting each other that they never manage to present a unified front against tyranny in any form. Yet the winner has already been decided, believe it or not. Nothing will change. You cannot have a Republican form of government, nor a Democratic one for that matter, when the government views itself as superior to the people when it no longer operates for the benefit of the people, when the people are no longer able to peaceably reform their government, when government officials cease to act like public servants, when elected officials no longer represent the will of the people, when the government routinely violates the rights of the people and perpetuates more violence against the citizenry than the criminal class, when government spending is unaccountable and unaccounted for, when the judiciary acts as courts of order rather than justice, and when the government is no longer bound by the laws of the Constitution. How much longer will we continue to suffer at the hands of a tyrannical police state depends on how much we are willing to give up for the sake of freedom. For the moment, the American people seem content to sit back and watch the reality TV programming that passes for politics today. It's the modern-day equivalent of bread and circuses, a carefully calibrated exercise in how to manipulate, polarize, propagandize, and control a population. This presidential election is yet another pacifier to lull us into complacency and blind us to the monsters in our midst. I refuse to be pacified, patronized, or placated. And here's my plan. Rather than staying glued to my TV set, watching politicians and talking heads regurgitate the same sound bites over and over, I'm going to keep doing the hard work that needs to be done to keep freedom alive in this country. That's why, almost 40 years ago, I founded the Rutherford Institute. As a nonpartisan, apolitical organization committed to the principles enshrined in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights that would work tirelessly to reshape the government from the bottom up into one that respects freedom, recognizes our worth as human beings, resists corruption, and abides by the rule of law. It's a thankless, never-ending job, but someone's got to do it. And I can promise you that when I do eventually turn on the TV, John Carpenter, not Donald Trump or Joe Biden, 
will be my pick for escapist entertainment. Carpenter's films, known primarily for their horror themes, are infused with strong, anti-authoritarian, overarching themes that speak to the filmmaker's concerns about the unraveling of society and the way in which the government works against its own citizens. Yet as John Muir recognizes in his insightful book, The Films of John Carpenter, there's also a strange optimism that runs through Carpenter's films, a belief deep down far below the anti-establishment hatred that a single committed and idealistic person can make a difference, even if society does not recognize that person as valuable or good. Under their machismo, Carpenter's central characters still believe in the ideals of liberty and equal opportunity. Their beliefs place them in constant opposition with the law and the establishment, but they are nonetheless freedom fighters. The following are my favorite Carpenter films. Assault on Precinct 13, 1976 film. This is essentially a remake of Howard Hawks' 1959 classic western, Rio Bravo, much beloved by Carpenter. The 1978 film Halloween. This film, which assumes that there is a form of evil so dark that it can't be killed, deconstructs our technological existence while reminding us that in the end, we all may have to experience Orwell's stamping boot on our faces forever. The Fog, 1980. Here the menace besieging a small town is not a pact of winged pests, but rather a deadly fog bank that cloaks vengeful, faceless, evil spirits from which there may be no escape. Then there's Escape from New York, made in 1981. This is the ultimate urban nightmare. In fact, this film sees fascism as the future of America. And then the following year, he filmed The Thing. This film presupposes that increasingly we're all becoming dehumanized. Thus, in the end, we're all potential aliens. Then there's the film Christine, made in 1983. Christine, a demonically possessed car representing technology with a will and consciousness of its own, goes on a murderous rampage. Starman, made in 1984, this film is a Christ allegory with the alien visitor possessing extraordinary powers to heal the sick, resurrect the dead, and perform miracles. Then my favorite, maybe, They Live, made in 1988. Carpenter makes an effective political point about the underclass, that is, everyone except those in power. We, the prisoners of our devices, are too busy sucking up the entertainment trivia beamed into our brains and attacking each other to start an effective resistance movement. In the Mouth of Madness, made in 1995, Carpenter drives home the message that evil grows when people lose the ability to know the difference between reality and fantasy. So, madness, delusion, denial, paranoia, inhumanity, these are some of the monsters of our age. In the cinematic world of John Carpenter, whenever freedom falls to tyranny, it is because the people allow it to happen. It works that way in the real world, too. The lesson, as I make clear in my book, Battlefield America, The War on the American People, they, the tyrants, the boogeyman, the strongman, the enemies of freedom, live because we the people sleep. Time to wake up, America, and break free of your chains. Something wicked this way comes. Watch out. The Rutherford Institute is doing its part to push back against the police state and make the government play by the rules of the Constitution. But we can't fight these battles alone. To join the resistance, visit our website at www.rutherford.org and check out our library of thought-provoking commentaries, legal resources, and so much more. Subscribe to our email alerts and I will send you my weekly commentary, 
Rutherford press alerts, and a weekly rundown of pertinent headlines and news articles to keep you apprised of the growing threats to our freedoms. And finally, if you are able, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Rutherford Institute by again visiting us online at www.rutherford.org or donate using PayPal. Your donation allows the Rutherford Institute to push back against the government's power grabs, corruption, and ongoing assaults on the Constitution. Together, we can make America free again.